with the robot, I wonder, maybe it doesn't move. It just keeps on going or it goes in the wrong direction where it could potentially hit another car in the oncoming traffic. Human beings still have to think. You can't yeah. let the bots do everything. It's not going to quite kill the bookkeeper, but it is going to probably change what the bookkeeper needs to know and focus on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. Uh, my name is Damien Greathead and my co-host, Penny Breslin, where we talk about all things as client accounting and advisory services, cloud bookkeeping, virtual controller services, virtual CFO services. Uh, and I think all of the challenges, mistakes we've made along the way, the good things we've seen along the way as well. And that's what uh, Strategy and the Virtual Controller is designed to do, share those insights that we're picking up from around the world. As I said, my name is Damien Greathead. I'm sitting in Sydney. We are in the middle of summer. Santa is on his way. Penny, how's everything in San Diego? I'm in Wyoming. You're in Wyoming. Oh, a little bit chillier then. A little bit chillier and windier, yes, yes. But not and will it be a white Christmas or? A little bit, not a lot, but a little, yeah. Wonderful. So where it's before Christmas. Fingers crossed this episode will make it live before the new year. But what's happening in the firm? What's happening with your clients as we run into what could be called the silly season? Yeah, silly. A lot of cleanups coming in, the year ends that we typically get for people who haven't looked at a file all year and somebody brings it in. And so we get more desktop stuff here. At this all right. Okay. Years. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's when most of those desktop folks bring their shit in. And a lot of cleanups and um, a lot of new businesses, startups. So that's kind of cool. And also getting ready for our taxes. So just a variety, all the tax software that's out there. I really focus mainly on, well, corporate tax returns, the 1040s. They, we do a lot of them, but they're done later in the do you, what about 1099s? Is that a big one for you in January? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's already started. That. That we yeah, started yeah. at the end of November, we started getting those things organized. So It still surprises me that people wait till January 2 to start all the 1099 process. But uh, well, anyway. We just, I just arbitrarily told everybody, I don't even care if your CPA asked you to do it or not, while your bookkeeping firm asked you to do it. I want you to go in and run a report and give them what you think they need to collect. Don't wait for them to ask you. Let's just yep. do this right now. Yeah. And well, what about, well, it'll be added to the hours. I said, believe me, we, it won't be a problem because we have to go in and a lot of the payroll companies, if they're paying through contra contractors to their payroll company, that's going to go ahead and take care of the 1099 for us. Yep. And then we have 1099 applications we use with, that clients use. And, but I like to make sure that regardless of it's in, the payroll software, or if it's in another 1099 specific software, I want to put in zero or QBO or in the record in NetSuite or accounting suite because uh, we're in those GLs a lot. I want that there because you never know when somebody's going to change an app and the GL is going to be less likely to be changed than a third party app will be. And so, yeah, so make sure that the data is everywhere and in both places, and then pull up a report on what is marked for 1099 and what you think should be and isn't and what we don't have documentation for. And we created a template and send that out to everybody. 
so that I mean, very nice. Do you want us to get started on this now? I was going to say, what 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 a lovely proactive service. I mean, it's so funny that some of the team were like, "Well, hang on, what what will that do to the hours?" And like, it'll save us hundreds of them in, in yeah the later on. Let's get started. It'll, it'll save us a lot of fixing mistakes later and being rushed in January when we're also doing year ends and our tax teams starting to kick in on the corporate. So. Let's just do it. Plus, we're going to have sales tax, although more and more, at least I'm seeing more and more going to quarterly payment sales tax that used to be annual. And those that were quarterly are going to monthly. So they're getting done. But why put that pressure on yourself? Plus, we have two Indian holidays coming up in January, as usual. We have Pongal and uh, Republic Day. So let's take care of this and nip it in the bud now. Now, you, you sort of mentioned the, the sort of that rush and rush into the end of the year. And one of the things that I am seeing more and more of, and I even saw just this morning on LinkedIn was a a company talking about letting the bots do the reconciliation. And I I was sort of just wondering as well as like, I I remember back in my receipt bank days, what we promised and what we did, there was sometimes a gap between that. I think that's still, don't get me wrong, come a long way since then across all technology. But I do wonder if some folks are are potentially a little bit too trusting of of that type of technology. I don't think they're necessarily too trusting, but I Or they're too rushed. They're too rushed. Yeah. And also, I think it's lack of understanding of the file. Okay, here's one. This is a company file that we've been working on with the firm, a firm for two years. And because we're in it and we're closing it every month, and because the firm is a real, when they say they're a virtual, virtual CFO, they actually are doing the work and then doing the value added. And so I got a message from the team leader saying something odd. I thought I'd just run it by you. This company had a reoccurring monthly payment that never changed and had been gone going for two years. Right. And in one afternoon, 12 transactions came through for exactly the amount of the monthly dues 12 times, right after each other, one right after each other, which was a red flag. So (laughs) she did not push it from review and QuickBooks to the register. She slacked me. And in the morning, by the time I woke up and looked at it, there were 10 more. (laughs) So so because because of the openness that this firm has with this client, we also could go in and look because this was all put on a credit card and we could go look at the credit card and see if the transactions were there too. So was this, first we had to go, okay, we know this is a mistake because we know the history of the file and we know the history of the client. And so it's in the review. Now let's go see if it's in the actual real feed as it existed in the American Express card, which is where it came in on. And Lo and behold, it was in the American Express card too. So it wasn't the feed problem doing an issue. It wasn't, it was in American Express. The problem was the merchant. As Megan said, the bot got its fingers stuck on the cash register. And she goes, the bot made a mistake. And we caught it like the day it happened. And we waited 24 hours because they had to wait to get an answer. And it got worse. So we added up all of the items we did not push. We called, we let the CPA know. He said, okay. And since Megan and I are here in the United States, Megan said, I'll call because she had already done it once before for them. 
and we have administrative access. So we called American Express. They said, well, maybe they had that many charges. And it since it's audible, it was audible.com. And Megan said, not unless they bought out the Library of Congress. <laughs> and I said, no, we have a history. We have a history going back two years that this is the monthly fee. I said, you don't understand. Audible doesn't work that way. It's a flat monthly fee rate. She goes, oh, okay. So before the client ever saw the mistake, we not only got it fixed, we got it refunded. Because we had to go through the process and then refund it back. And American Express refunded it back. We made notes so that the CPA, when he talked to his client that month, said, oh, and this is what we caught from American Express. By the way, let's discuss your American Express expense. And so he turned it into a value-add conversation. But the bots made a mistake. The bots at Audible made a mistake. Amex didn't make a mistake, and the Intuit Feed didn't make the mistake. But we had to work our way back to find out where the original mistake was. And a bot's not going to do that. But no, I was say, the bot would have accepted all $2,141 and the client would have probably paid it and none would have been the wiser. So what was the flag for your team? Like that's as in, they would just, and I think you make a really good point there that if you're not in the file regularly, you probably would have accepted yeah. it as well. Well, and I don't think not knowing it was audible, I wouldn't have. Wouldn't have I Because I, I understood that way. I know, I mean, and everybody knows, I would assume that's the way the charges go, they don't do that. They don't, they just don't give you a flat charge over and over again, 30 minutes, uh, one minute apart. Boom, boom. I mean, because you could see the time on it when it happened. Right. Okay. But let, let's just say, for example, if you were auto, automatically coding or automatically accepting oh, yeah, transactions, it would, made, it a would, rule, made a rule for Audible to say subscriptions. Yeah. If you did a rule on that one, it would have automatically done Just gone straight through. But I guess in, in the monthly review, you would have seen- We would have caught it then. You would have, yeah, you would have seen October subscriptions this, November subscriptions this, December subscriptions, $3,000. Wait, what? Yeah, from $15 to three, almost yeah. $3,000. Yeah. Yeah, you would have caught it, but I don't think a bot would have. No, of course not. And so I think as well, if you are probably further on the trust spectrum of bots and AI and machine learning and all that type of stuff, probably would have gone straight through. Yeah, and, and, and the bot problem, you have to figure out which bot did it. It wasn't Intuit's bot and it wasn't American Express's bot. It was Amazon's bot. Where do we voice the finger for the bu- the robot that has its button stuck? You um, do sort of think though as well as like how much, how often does that actually happen? And a little bit more than you would imagine. Uh, no, I, I bet because again, because it's that automatic transaction and it always goes through. And I think it's, you know, it's the, not the old days, but the, those days of fraud where it, it's sort of small amounts happening on a regular consistent basis and you don't know it, but probably something that would have come out of that was a, I, I know you were talking about this particular client as, Hey, Hey, you've got a lot of expenses going on to American Express and you're carrying a lot of interest month to month as a result of that. So definitely an advisory sort of opportunity there to sort of sit down and talk about what's actually happening in the business. Same thing as well to be like, do we need to sit down and have a review of your subscription? Let's flag all of the subscriptions that we can see in the file and just make sure that you're getting what you paid for, you're not being overcharged, you're using what whatever it is. Again, I, I think really great ways in which a controller would add value. And so if you are going down this path of a virtual controller, these are the types of things you need to be doing for your clients, keeping an eye out for all of those types of transactions, all of those, and and making sure they're getting value from those transactions. Yeah. And you have to be in that file a lot 
Yeah, not be yeah. distant from the client. <laughs> and, and and you certainly can't come back in sort of June and look at January, March, January, February, March, April, May. We noticed all of these transactions which don't make a lot of sense to us. Can we sit down and talk about them now that it's tax? Because we, now the tax season's over. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to fly. No, in fact, this client never even spent overspent because we got it refunded within twenty four hours. So, but yeah, they just it was a case of somebody made a, a bot made a mistake, just like a human could have, and and then somebody who had knowledge of the file and an understanding of the file knew right away that this was potentially a problem, and better to bring it up than to ignore it. And yeah, and, and hopefully identify additional ways or additional things to talk about. So I, I, it sort of, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, but I think it does just, it sort of just goes to show that bots and AI, they're not taking over the world. Yes, they help me write, it helps me write, but they, it helps me write better emails or it picks up my spelling mistakes and all that type of stuff. But it still requires that level of review and that level of knowledge you know, um, and of the business. Detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily require, in this case, it didn't require any accounting knowledge. It required somebody understanding how the subscription worked and knowing the breadcrumb trail to follow to go um, back to now, the beginning. Now, obviously, this is a slightly different one because it's a recurring subscription that happened. But often, and I'm not sure, I'd, I'd love to get your opinion of this, Penny, is a lot of accountants or bookkeepers, let's say the mistake was, or let's the, the error that was made was maybe the coding of a transaction or something along those lines. We picked up the mistake, but sort of, I'm not sure how much it's happening now, but but previously a lot of firms would have thrown their arms up and said, you know what, we, we, we're getting rid of that particular app. We're getting rid of the technology. The app, do, the app can't do it. AI doesn't work. And we're, we're abandoning all, all our efforts as a result of one or two of those mistakes. But uh, are we seeing that still? Uh, a little bit. I think it's yes. more like, okay, okay. See, pe- people can get pissed off at me all they want. But <laughs> I've been watching QuickBooks files now for desktop files now for all they might, probably 35 years, right? So one of the things I noticed is that some people of my generation and older, and maybe some younger than me, won't look at the QuickBooks file. They just want us to export it to Excel, right? Or PDF. Just give me the final reports because they don't want to have anything to do with it because they don't trust it and they don't believe in it. Or they think it's beneath. There is some of that. But part of the reason why they don't trust it is because of those misaligned transactions were put in the wrong place. But they were often put in the wrong place because of human misunderstanding of where they should have been because you never bothered to teach your client. And if you did, your client had a different bookkeeper all the time, and you just didn't want to deal with the mess. And I get that. I so get that. Because with the desktop product, it's like playing the old game of telephone. Instead of- Even in the cloud world, like if you coded incorrectly the first time, then the yeah, system- Yeah, it didn't done that. But with yes. the cloud world, you can get in it quicker. You don't have to wait for the telephone line. Yeah, so true. We're going from Morse code to Western Union to Ma Bell. Right. When you're on desktop, basically. And, so, and actually, no, and that's a good point as well, is at least with the rule, if the machine learning remembered how you coded Bell, you would continue to do that. So that's what you would see. Whereas I remember when- and There's this a was, consistency. Yeah, exactly. There's a, and you can find if the issue is consistent the whole way through, it's much easier to fix than if there were multiple people 
in the file over multiple years with no rules in place and passing the file back and forth constantly. Oh, I just no. remember my early days of bookkeeping and like uh, coding the credit card statement. And I'm like, how did I do that last month? I can't remember. Oh, well, we'll just put it in here. And, and then basically, yeah, you put it in. And then basically I was taught to then my first layer of review was to go and look for anomalies. And so I basically looked at all the line items to be like, this is the first time we've got subscriptions and dues or whatever. And so like, what on earth was a subscription or a, a subscription? Go in, have a look. It's me because I've miscoded the, yes. miscoded it. So I then have to go back and find out how I coded that particular supplier the first time or how that was set up. But yeah, I remember those days. So I, I see that. I do think that oh, obviously we're getting more trivial files. This time of year, we get more desktop because we've got people bringing them in at the end of the year for cleanup. But QBO files, they get done so quick now that it's, it's not a, it's not a big issue. Are the zero files, coding suite, anything that's in the cloud, it's going to get done quicker. But yes. having, knowing like I just, from one of our local clients here, she called her, she goes, we're no longer using mind body. We switched over to Walla, Hello Walla. And I said, well, I don't think we ever get into your mind body because we just get the final journal entries. And she goes, that's true. I said, but thank you for letting us know because it's a good idea for us to know which other programs and apps she's using to get her information out because that can help us to catch mistakes and figure out where the mistake might have originated from. If it originated from a human, then I could teach that human. If it originated mm. from a bot, then the developer, the bot's going to want to know so that they can correct it. And But the problem is if you don't, then you let the bot make the mistake. You let, And it's the same thing with humans. If you let them make the mistake, it'll continue to make the mistake. And then you're going to throw the bot out. And realistically, just like a human, the bot needs to be trained. Yeah. So you don't want to do, you want to review. Yes. And, yeah. and if you have the time to review, you will catch the bot's mistakes and fix it. They're not, and, and, they're not perfect either. But the, but the nice thing is, hopefully the training of the bot is significantly less time intensive than training of the human. So, <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm, okay. Into it's probably going to be pissed at me, but their feeds, no matter what I do, I still have an issue with them automatically going into areas that was associating a transaction with something in the review area that it's like, what the hell? I mean, I mean, I've had this transaction come through forever. Why isn't it? So why is it? Oh yeah. 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 I've seen it. In my own file, I've seen it. We would see that at receipt bank sometimes is it's just like, it's been either the, it's been automatically coded or the customer is coded, the client's coded it to. No, it's in the review. It hasn't been coded yet. It's just. It's the recommendation that it's giving. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. You just like, wait, how did... Well, I'm sure that it has a lot to do with the way they're pulling the data. And then the lines of the data that's getting pulled may not be the exact same, even though it's yes. looking, yeah, yeah. presenting the same. Yeah. Kind of like an IP address versus when you type in a, a web address and yeah. you type in the name of a company, you actually, it's numbers in the background. So the numbers and the way the fetch is coming in may appear different to the bar. I get that. So it's, so it's not that different from, from Morse code to Bell to, no, it's <laughs> to not. Pl- plugging in the phone lines. <laughs> I mean, I understand why it happens. I understand yep. the logic behind it, but that's why you need to, you still need to review, not, not review. 
and you can't it, not. And, and actually, that that's probably what will screw up the client relationship, the trust factor the most, that if you sort of you skip that view. stage. Yeah. So and then, I think, and then I, what happens is if you're going to do that, means you have to be in there often enough to understand the potential for her having made a mistake. Yeah. And why that might happen. And don't get upset with it. Understand that just like anything, there are multiple things going on in the background. Like the fact that a bank seed, there's like something like 2,000 lines of data that could be pulled out of a transaction. But what exactly is that particular type of seeds code pulling? And did the sending entity where the original transaction occurred change anything on their end? And then the bots have to catch up with that. That's one of those funny things to your point is like, let's just say they added another figure or something like that, one more pixel in. And, and we'll change it, yes. And it, mo- it moves at one pixel left. And so now all of a sudden the bo- the bot's looking at something different. It's going to report different. Yeah, it, exactly. it, it is quite so fascinating. It, so it could, it might not, it's not maybe necessarily even it to its AI that's feeling it's something that pulled in from that bank change something. And the well, banks don't call up these software companies and go, we're going to do everything. Just to let you know. Just to let you know. That that was always one of the things with bank feeds, wasn't it? Because if the, so many different ways in which the bank feed could break, one of which being they changed the the, the login button from blue to red, or they moved it two pixels to the right, that break, that has the potential to break a, a bank feed. And yeah, once you sort of get in and look under the hood and learn more about the technology side of things, it's actually quite fascinating as to, to ways in which the technology can get get screwed up. Everything's still, nothing has changed other than the button has moved one pixel or one millimeter or whatever to the left, can, can throw the whole, yeah, and a human, all those like, connections into disarray. A human like driving down, we were driving down a, out to Powder River because Rick said, I've been in Wyoming for a week and I haven't seen one antelope or one deer. I go, well, because they've already come down off the mountain. So let me take you over here. So we went out to Pata River. I took them to Hell's South Baker. And there used to be a cute little bar out there, but they tore that out. So he didn't quite have his beer when he got out there. But, <laughs> but he did see a ton of antelope and some muleys. But one of them ran into the road. So you're going 75 miles an hour down a two-lane highway. Should, probably shouldn't have said that. Anyways. I, was gonna, I, I did think, what were the animals that you saw? Were they on the, on the side of the road or were they? Well, no, but one of them was on the outside of a fence and it ran into the road. Now, we could see it and we could swerve, right? Because the animal moved into position to be able to be hit. So something moved and we could just immediately. With the robot, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Penny, let's shift gears a little bit and let's actually think it's the last episode of the, of the season, last episode of the year. I'd love to sort of reflect on a couple of your highlights from the show, a couple of your favorite episodes, some of our favorite guests, and, and, and maybe even some of the favorite events that, that we had it along to. So sort of maybe spend a bit of time just reflecting on the year. So who was your, what was your favorite episode? The one with Andrew on cybersecurity. Uh, where, um, where, where I got schooled on all the different ways in which I'm compromising. <laughs> well, I just, I just, I find that stuff fascinating and scary at the same time. And it's quite interesting to see how the rules have had to change to adapt to it. Like there are companies that give you voice over IP that allow SMS text to come in to the VoIP phone. And you have to put yourself on a registry 
in order to be able to have those SMS texts come through because of so much fraud coming through on TextFund. And that's just new. That's fairly new and recent that it's having, you're having to do that to protect yourself. So I found the cybersecurity one fascinating because I don't think I'll ever have enough feeling of safety when it comes to that. Well, also mm-hmm. just how rapidly it's evolving. And like even, uh, even ourselves, we got a, a DocuSign in Spanish and we're like, hang on, is this legit? What's this? We hadn't been advised we were getting anything. This was for the producers of the show. And I still don't, I can't remember. No, they, it wasn't theirs. It wasn't legit, yeah. I I get (laughs) illegitimate docu-sides daily. Yeah, Yeah. like uh, the complexity of the scams, how quickly they're evolving. And if you're not, yeah, if you're not staying up to date with what are the latest scams or the latest trends in scams, you're going to be caught out. I mean, I've had my identity stolen and I'm still dealing with the California EDD and all that type of thing. But uh, yeah, if you're not, if you're not careful, I, I don't think that happened as a result of a, a check in the mail or something along those lines, but I've had that as well. My friends had their tax return check stolen. The whole, a whole host of different forms of fraud that are happening. But yeah, I thought that one with Andrew was fascinating and a couple of tips and tricks to help along the way. But actually, I think that probably the more important lesson was if you don't have somebody, a trusted source that is helping you with this on a consistent basis, you might be at risk. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely something that another thing that business owners need to do where uh, there, there are some things they don't have to do anymore. So the thing is when technology takes away one function, it seems to give it something else to do. Yeah. Uh, to make up for that loss, to fill the time in the void. That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, I think absolutely. that was one of my favorites. And I really, personally, I really enjoyed going to the TriNet show with for the unique CPA this year. That was the one out of Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah, that was in Chicago. And for me, that was probably, the conferences have been good, without a doubt. The, uh, but that one was just well run. And it was small enough and intimate enough to have a lot of time to learn as well as being uh, good presenters who had really good information, many of whom I saw again later. They were that good mm-hmm. when you saw them at other events. So those were probably my two favorites of the year. I, what about you? I two favorite episodes that come to mind, and I think there is a recency effect as well, because I, I literally just logged onto the website to sort of go back and think of, of uh, look at all the different episodes that we had. But, but yeah, sort of we're up to episode, I think, we're up to episode 68. So this will be 69, this episode. So they are more recent ones. I thought the conversation with Jan Haugo was really great because it was oh. that opportunity to talk through the realities of CAS. And you go to the conferences and everyone's raving about it's easy and it's a, a, a money spinner and all that type of thing. But actually sort of sitting with with Jan and just having that sort of that conversation and I think the realization across the three of us was, is it's a two plus year transformation in terms of really recognizing and realizing the benefits of it. And I, I think we sort of, I'm not sure what your initial thought was. My, my thought was one year, but it was actually just in that conversation that I came to the realization that it's at least two years, because you got to get two cycles in, you got your first cycle, which is going to be a bit mess, a bit messy in your first tax season and, and sort of as you change. But then actually it's really in that second season that whether whether it's working or not and, and you can actually fine tune. So, so that you was have a, to fine tune it to make it work for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and again, a, a bit like one of those things of 
the short termism of what I think a lot of these shows and a lot of the, the people talking about cars aren't actually speaking about. And so a lot of people give up six months in because it's not delivering what was promised. When you go to college here in the United States, you're 18 years old, right? And you're declaring a major. And I don't know about other people, but I think I changed my major like three times. Yep, yeah, and, same. And, and I don't do any work that revolves around my major. <laughs> so You did um, education, didn't you? Yeah, it was uh, U.S. history and geography, yeah. Mm. Um, but so just like with anything, you kind of fine-tune what you want. And now some kids, they go into college and they're in STEM. They're going to be a doctor. They're going to be an engineer. They stick with it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of other people don't. And so, and they switch and switch. And so I think that this business, because of the advisory and consulting part of it, that's the part that's very fluid at the beginning. And you have to really work the two years is trying to figure out what part of it you want to do. Cause you might want to do like at the beginning, remember we say in the first chapter of the books, you have to know what you want to do yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. And you may have an idea that this is what you want to do. And you're going in and you're going, God damn, I hate this shit. <laughs> I don't want to do this. But there's this other stuff over here that's really interesting that's occurring too. And so you might, I think it takes, I think that the first year is getting the process down. And then the second year is figuring out what part of the process you want to grow. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating conversation. But Jen, we need to have her come back. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think my other highlight, if you sort of stick it, stick to two, one of my highlights, I think, was seeing Namilla and Shamila in Las Vegas. But I, we, I, we spoke to them. When were you in Chennai this year? Was that sort of mm, January, February month? Well, yeah, I was in Chennai in January. I'm going yeah, back yeah. again next week after Christmas. But, but you were in, yeah, you were in Chennai in January and we spoke with Namilla and Shamila. The office had just been renovated. Yeah, the second floor had been finished, yeah. And so, which was absolutely amazing. And then got to see them in Las Vegas at QuickBooks Connect. And it was sort of really interesting to to talk to them and catch up on on how things are going in the year. And I, I love asking a question of like, I'm not asking a question about the technical training, but what about you as a business owner? What about you as a director, as a partner, as a shareholder of this business and how it's all going? And actually sort of having that conversation with them, because I think... We, we often talk in the technical and the apps and all that type of stuff, but it was really nice to talk to them as business owners and, you know, 70 people, 70, 70 odd people yeah. to the firm. 75 and they're, people and the they're firm. acting, they're accepting more of the fact that they're business owners mm. before they're even accountants now. And because of that, and it's been a struggle, <laughs> but because of that, also the team leaders are, are, are understanding that they're not doing the work anymore. They're yeah. managing the work. Yeah. And so, and that's been a struggle for them because it's, it's all about seniority and designation. No, it's about who's talented enough to do this. And, that, and, and it's as, not and that as we've always said. more talented than somebody else. It's just that it takes a different talent to be able to do this as opposed to maybe even being that detailed person. Because it was the preparer that caught that mistake, but it was the team leader that communicated the mistake. Mm. So, but also it, it, it's a case of, and we've said this along the episode as, uh, across episodes as well, is your next hire isn't necessarily a, another accountant. It's not another you because as the business grows and evolves, it has different needs and different requirements. And 
so too does your team. You, you need administ- you need really good administrators. You need good technicians. You need good you need good learners. Customer success people. Yeah, you need good learners. And because of the education system in the United States, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote it a little bit here because I've been in other countries where they do a lot, still do a lot of rote, repetitious work. They teach you how to learn. At least where I went to school, the nuns taught us how to learn. And it was like, this is what we want you to get out of this. Now, here are all the tools you can use to go figure out how to get that accomplished. And then come back to me when you have questions. So I want somebody who can do that and not hide in a corner and throw their hands up and say, I can't figure this out. I want somebody who's a learner. And that learner doesn't have to know diddly squat about debits and credits. Oh, I didn't. But I figured that out because I could learn. The thing, my problem is I'm kind of squirrel. I'm not detailed enough, but but I have people who are. And, and they're also learners. And so like for us every day, somebody posts something in the general channel in Slack, which is a piece of education on an app that they saw change. Like Megan, she goes, oh, the new search ed bar on QuickBooks Online. I love it. Look at what you can do with it. And so she just did a whole little scribe how and threw it up in the channel for everybody in the company to read. So everybody's learning from everybody else. So I, well, I basically I, told them, you're all going to be teachers. You're that culture, teachers. having that culture within your firm is so important. Just that learning culture and the willingness to share. And I think, w- w- how many apps have you got across? You got two, 207 apps. 297 now. 297. <laughs> so the 297 apps across across tax, accounting, bookkeeping, practice management, et cetera. And, and training and education, uh, yep. et cetera, et cetera. So you definitely need that learning mentality, don't you? Like without it, you're screwed. Oh, yeah. We'd be up Shit's Creek without doubt. Yeah. If you're looking for a, a holiday binge, Shit's Creek is a great one as well. Right, Penny, I think they're, they're two highlights of the year. I think there's a couple more that are in my mind, but I could talk for, yeah, we could keep going on and on. So folks, if you haven't, if you're new to strategy in the virtual controller, go back into the archive and have a listen to some of the other episodes. We've had some great guests on this year, which uh, we will continue to do in the new year. If you do have any questions for us or, or need some help either in workflow or, or practice management or getting the work done, reach out to us. You can find Penny Breslin either on LinkedIn or what's your website, Penny? MoneyPennyLLC.com. And uh, I am the only Damien Grayshead on LinkedIn. So find me on LinkedIn, connect and send me a message. Uh, and if you have enjoyed the episode, um, please do like, please do share, please do uh, uh, help us get the good word out about strategy in the virtual controller. And also, uh, Penny, one last plug for the book. Um, it's not just the numbers. Uh, you can find that on cpatrendlines.com. So cpa dot, cpatrendlines.com, that's where you can find the book that's called It's Not Just the Numbers, which is sort of what we built built this podcast on. Might be a good holiday read if you are looking to get into the CAS business, build your business with a bit more intentionality. So I'll give a plug there. But Penny, it's been a pleasure. Look forward to doing it all over again in the new year. Yeah, uh, Merry Christmas to you in the yeah, little thank you. boys. And, well, and, and by Christmas, we'll have two little girls. So I'm say, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, uh, another one along the way with your daughter. So that's so exciting. So look forward to hearing that good news. Yeah. But Merry Christmas. Enjoy Wyoming. And say uh, we'll see you. Yeah, we'll do. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Dear Betty. Bye-bye.